This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Sati Hillier. He is the founder and really a seasoned entrepreneur who loves building product, growing people, and delivering customer value. He's now building one mob, but he has both enterprise and startup experience that enables him to transform an idea into a scalable company. He founded Zencraft, the leading shipping platform for Salesforce, Eversauce, which was CRM for P- the PR industry, and most recently, OneMob, which has earned the support of Salesforce Ventures and was awarded Gartner Cool Vendor and Argonne Hot Vendor Awards. The company makes video recording, sending, and tracking easy for any professional with powerful integrations into platforms like Salesforce, Cisco, Spark, LinkedIn, and more. Before starting OneMob, he spent eight years at Salesforce, where he built and grew the app exchange from idea to over 2,000 applications. Sadi, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do this. All right, man. So first off, I have to tell you, I have so many entrepreneurs on that credit the app exchange for their crazy growth. In fact, <laughs> uh, a company called, what was it? I think it was uh, Dial Touch or Dial Pad founder just came on and said, you guys drove all this growth. So you built quite the machine at app exchange. Oh, yeah. I mean, that has really become a powerhouse for a lot of companies. And I think what was really exciting is it was before the Apple iStore, the Apple iPhone store, right? So this was something that when Mark, the CEO of uh, Salesforce, when he was building out his platform, he's like, you know, we need to make enterprise software as simple as buying a book on Amazon. How can we make it so that you can just literally go to a store, try something out, install it, and then from there, use it. And you, no one had iPhones at the time, so you weren't really having this opportunity to do this on your phone. So it was quite a, you know, audacious goal. But I think what's been great is, you know, with the whole advent of cloud computing and the internet, it's made it very easy for you to be anywhere in the world, for you to build something really amazing and for you to share with everybody else. And hopefully that adds value. Did you ever look at some of the top ranked apps and go, my gosh, they're killing it in terms of revenue. How do we get a piece of that? You had to have that. You had to have a little inkling of that thought. Oh, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like we're running a business for profit. So we needed to figure out how to, one, add value to our customers. And then two, see, well, if this is doing so well, where can we be part of that, you know, success? And so, I mean, now Salesforce has this whole model where as partners build and sell products on the app exchange, Salesforce will get a percentage of that, which is very similar to the Apple Store uh, model with the App Store as well. All right, let's talk video. It's a hot space. What's one mob doing? How do you make money? What's the business model? Yeah, so the idea is really simple as well, which is, you know, everyone's using Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram to communicate with their friends and and video has become very prolific. I mean, think about the last time you were looking at your feed. You're not reading text. You're looking at images and photos and videos. So we thought, well, why is it that I can do this with my family and friends? But the moment I go into the office, I'm back to, you know, plain old email and cold calling and everyone's got these amazing phones. You got these iPhones, these Androids with amazing cameras so why can't we just take this this movement, this selfie movement, and make it so I can easily record a video myself, send it to you, say, hey, Nathan, it's Sethi. 
you know, thanks, great meeting you last week. I would love to just get some time on your counter so I can tell you about our product. It's so much more engaging for you. You can actually see them a real person as opposed to just some fake email per, perhaps. And so that was our business. It was literally pull out your phone, record a video of yourself, send it to a customer, and we will not only help deliver the message, but we will track what they're doing. Did they watch it? Did they watch all of it? And that really seemed to resonate. And, you know, it's funny because... Wait, what does that mean, the, Sethi? Quantify that. When you say it really seemed to resonate, you were looking at some data that said, wow, this is working. What was that data? Well we saw a lot of folks at these organizations saying, yeah, you know, like people aren't taking my calls. They're not responding to my emails, but if I can record a quick video and I can send it to you and I can know if you're watching it, how long you're watching it. And as a result, I can follow up with you right away. Or because I've been able to kind of build this more engaging experience with you, I'm more likely to get a response. Well, as a sales rep, that's a no brainer. And as a result, we were able to sell our product per user per month. So it's very much like the typical SaaS. Okay. And, you know, it's pretty affordable. You can get started for $20 per user per month. Is and that, is that, is that, a, is that a accurate reflection of what the average seat pays you is about 20 bucks a month? Um, yeah, I think if you were to take all of our customers across the globe and then kind of aggregate them all, you're probably looking at that across the globe. Um, some pay us more cause we have some different integrations into platforms like Salesforce and Cisco spark and things like that. But we want this to be very easy, low barrier. And we want it to be something professional, so we don't just allow you to record videos. You can put your company logos, you can have the branding, you can have everything to make it look like a very professional video, but at the same time, um, you know, make it as simple and easy as pulling your phone out of your pocket, clicking record, and you're good to go. Okay. Earlier on, we had a company named AdGreets on, run by Eric, which seemed like it was mass video customization. Just to be clear, you're very much one-to-one. You're not working with like a an, a, a, you know, a, a car Ford and helping them send mass video things to cu- their customer email list based off where their customers are located. Yeah. I mean, there are video marketing platforms out there. I don't know that one, but I know of other ones like Brightcove, which yeah. is a partner of ours. And yeah, we're more geared to the seller, not marketers. So our buyers are like sales reps, CSMs, account managers, support reps who are trying to just talk to their clients. So sales, uh, not marketing. Yeah. And then we'll, we might work with marketing who might want to put together a bigger campaign. Um, but for us, we want it to be easy so that I, as a seller, I can record the video on my own. I don't need a studio. Um, I can do this literally from my house, from my car. I can send it to my customer or I can send it to maybe 20 customers, right? Like a great use case of ours is maybe a real estate agent using us. They just had an open house. Now they want to follow up with all the people who came to their open house. They record a quick video. They send it to those 50 people who stopped by. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Again, here's some video of the house. Hope you like it. Let me know if you want to chat more. And they can do kind of a one-to-many. Um, so those are the two use cases that we see, one-to-one or one-to-many. Interesting. And take me back to the beginning. Uh, what was your one? Well, we started the company in 2014. And, you know, really, when we started, again, we were just trying to figure out, like, well, how are we going to do this? And are people going to buy? And our first product was literally just an iPhone app. You pull it out of your pocket, you launch it, you record, you click send. What I think we did really well that differentiated us is we integrated to Salesforce out of the gate. Because as soon as, soon as you start talking to a business, well, they're, all, they're automatically thinking about, well, I have all these other tools, but I have one system to manage my customers. Are you going to integrate to that? And so immediately we were able to tell them that, yeah, we could. And that helped us to kind of get into these organizations. But then, you know, fast forward to today, it's been, you know, close to four years. 
We have an iPhone app, an Android app. We have a Chrome app, so you can record not just yourself, but your screen if you want to show something. Um, we have a whole kind of web platform for analytics and things like that. And we had to do that because over time you realize, well, a lot of sellers are at their desk. They don't always have their phone on them. Sure. They want to record from here, just like you and I are talking on Skype. Um, or they're out on the field and they're doing other things or they want all these other bells and whistles. So we really had to use that first six months or so to you know, plant the seed with video and then from there evolve into like a robust platform that could work to the enterprise and build all these integrations, et cetera. Um, so it's, it's a learning curve. And I think what's been exciting is we still have pretty much all of our Fortune 500s who've been using us since day one are still customers. And they've basically helped us co-create this product. I want to talk more about churn and economics in a second, like net expansion, et cetera. But give me a sense of, of kind of what you scaled to over the first three years. So, so how many seats or how many folks are using you today? So now we have about 100 paying customers. Okay. Now, those and aren't seats, obviously. Those are, those are actual logos. Exactly. Logos. And it ranges. I mean, we have SMBs who might be, you know, small companies like mom-pop shops. And that can be anywhere from like five to 10 employees. We have a bunch of mid-market, a lot of sports teams, uh, like the 49ers, the Sacramento Kings, the New York Jets, um, things like that. And those are typically seat size between 25 to 100 reps, depending on the organization. Okay. And then we have some pretty large logos, um, companies like LinkedIn, Cisco, ADP, and others. And, and typically, we sell very much kind of the traditional seed and grow, start with a department, maybe 25 to 50 reps, show some success and then grow from there. And that allows us to do a couple of things. One, you know, really start to show stickiness and value. And then two, see what other relatable fields outside of sales. Because again, seller, sellers aren't the only ones talking to clients. You also got like account managers, you know, support, et cetera. And so then from there, we really want to grow across the organization and, and that's where, you know, it can be get, get really exciting because, you know, these companies have thousands and thousands of employees. So, Sethi, ignore every cohort. Obviously, you just mentioned a bunch of them, but total seats. What would you, I mean, are you talking 10,000, 100,000, a million? Uh, well, we're, since we're B2B, we don't sell to consumers. Probably closer to, yeah, I'd say maybe close to 10,000. Cool. And, and just to be clear, I know you sell directly to the customer. I'm just curious, when you take all your logos and you add up all the seats under all the logos, how many seats are using you? And you think about 10,000. Yeah. Okay, got it. Now, can I just multiply that times that $20 figure you gave me earlier and assume you guys are doing about 200 grand a month in revenue? Yeah, we're yeah, plus or minus, you know, because okay. we have some accounts that are, you know, because we have such a large volume with them, we've given them a volume discount. Um, so, you know, our, we haven't made our revenue numbers public. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. Cool. I mean, fair to say that generally in that range, I'm just multiplying your numbers within 10%. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, our I mean, we're definitely in a, we're kind of in a series a numbers. Yeah. If that helps. Yeah. That does help. <laughs> now, what are you growing at year over year? Um, well, series a would be like, you're, you're at least doubling year over year, hopefully tripling. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we're still kind of we're in a, we're in a, an area where I don't know if I can necessarily say year over year, it's a specific consistent curve. It's just something where we're starting to see different pockets where our platform tends to, uh, do better, gel better. Yeah. So I think that's going to really affect, you know, what our year over year growth looks like. Yeah. But generally, I mean, when you look at historical data, I mean, did you double year over year or 50% yeah. growth? For the most part, we've been able to double year over year okay. since uh, inception. That's, I mean, that's healthy. I mean, so that would put you, again, assuming these numbers are right, somewhere around 100 grand just 13 months ago. You're doubling now. You found some pockets that are working well and you're driving, that's what's driving growth here in 2018. 
Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. You raised capital. You mentioned Salesforce in the bio. How much capital have you raised to date? We raised about 1.9 million. Okay. And I imagine because you're coming from Salesforce, you had a special relationship there, which helped obviously make the fundraising early a little bit easier. That being said, how did you put a valuation on a pre-revenue company? Maybe while at the same time you're negotiating your, your exit from the company you're, you're asking to raise from. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like that, actually. What happened was is um, we first went through an accelerator. We went through an accelerator called Alchemist, which is pretty well known in the Bay Area. Um, and so that actually helped us because that allowed us to at least kind of get some initial funds and they actually set our terms. Oh, and interesting. so when we went through their kind of traditional demo day, they set some terms, we were able to get our initial investors like Tim Draper, Sandhill Angels and some others, all at the kind of note that was set by Alchemist. And then what okay. we did is as we hit different milestones, we just kept raising our valuation on the note. We actually haven't but even you mean, priced you mean, around. You mean the cap on the note? Yeah, the cap. Yeah, because yeah, you exactly. don't have a price. You don't have a valuation yet. Exactly. And then when Salesforce came in, uh, yeah, there is a good relationship there with Salesforce. But, you know, they don't invest in seed. They typically invest in like later stage B, C rounds. And so for us, we had to show like some real customer growth and revenue before we got re- uh, investment because they invested in our seed, which is not typical. Interesting. Um, take me through some of the other economics. Churn is obviously critical in a SaaS business. What's your churn look like? Um, the we haven't churned. We haven't lost any mid market enterprises. Okay. Right. So pretty much our accounts that are I would say maybe five hundred employees or higher, we're able to renew. Okay. And typically, we always renew. It's negative churn. We're able to at least you know again start with maybe fifty accounts. And then grow to a hundred or more. What's gross revenue? So you just said net revenue churn is negative. What's gross revenue churn? Well, that's where it gets a little challenging because we do have a lot of SMBs who self-serve. Well, yeah, but re- yeah, but revenue churn makes that easy, right? If I asked you for logo churn, that would be misrepresentative if you have a lot of SMBs, but revenue churn that, sh- that normalizes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so specifically, what would you like to know? I'm curious what gross revenue churn is. You said net revenue churn is negative. Yeah. Which is accounts. They're expanding. We're expanding. Yeah. Gross revenue churn. Yeah. I wouldn't know that off the top of my head. You don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, got it. But you're saying most of the folks that are churning are the SMB accounts with one or two seats at 20 bucks a pop, not the larger, larger accounts. Yeah. And, and it's usually like, Hey, you know, I'm going to use it for a few months. I'm maybe working some deals. I use it for there and then I may not work a new for a couple months and then come back. Yep. Um, how negative is the, is the revenue churn? Um, we're usually able to grow each of our accounts somewhere between 25, maybe around 25% growth. Okay. So then we have to subtract the, any lo, any, any revenue churn from that to get the net rag of revenue number. Yeah. But again, I mean, I'm talking about most of our mid market enterprises. We don't have, we don't have any churn. Okay. Got it. So you're, what you're telling me is your net negative revenue, you're, you're basically negative 125%. That's would be incredible. Most, um, most really healthy I'll, SaaS, like Infusionsoft, $100 million AR kind of folks, Qualtrics, they're at like, you know, in negative 106%. I think what's happening here is you, you got, you're looking at, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, you know your data better than me, but you're looking at um, uh, kind of the revenue expansion. You haven't really looked at l- logo churn because it doesn't matter to you because they're SMB accounts. I mean, is that generally yeah. accurate? Yes, that's accurate. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll get off that topic then. So t- talk to me more about the cohort that is a fit for you. How are you growing that customer base? Where, like, what are you paying to get them? Where are you getting them from? Yeah. So, I mean, we've been pretty lean. Um, so most of our team right now is, you know, been product and it's myself and my, fe- my co-founder who've been pretty much selling. 
And we we What's, don't do a lot the of total marketing. team is how big, Sethi? It's right now about ten on full time, and then we have about maybe five uh, contractors. Okay, great. But most of the selling has been through just word of mouth. Got it. We have some events, you know, like we'll go to some very specific events. Um, like sponsoring or just attending? Sponsoring. Okay. Like we've sponsored some Salesforce events in the past. Um, we got some good leads out of that or some very specific events. Maybe like um, we did this one for sports, ALSD, where that gave us some pretty good uh, results. But for the most part, it's either been word of mouth or our customers, when they send our product to their clients, their clients will see that they're using us. Yep. And so that's kind of, again, given us some organic leads, which has been great. Kind of product and marketing. We just, we just released, uh, we just hired uh, kind of our first full-time salesperson actually last quarter. So it's really three people selling. And then, uh, and it's kind of hard because for me, it's not full selling, right? Because I have to also manage the business. Um, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And is everybody based in San Fran? Yeah, um, we have a couple of remote contractors that are uh, international, but okay. most of the core team is in San Francisco. And then last economics question here before we wrap up, uh, lifetime value. What do you assume lifetime value is on these customers? The, the ones that are a fit, not the SMBs. I mean, that's tough to say because I mean, these accounts are so big. Um, I know, this is why it's a dangerous question. I mean, if you just do this in <laughs> Excel, you anyone can make the argument for infinite, but, that can, but then you could say, well, then I'm gonna spend infinite on CAC, which would be dangerous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, what I don't do know, know it's yet. more than in terms of a hard number. Yeah. Like, what do you know? It's more than you can really pretty predictably rely on X amount of revenue from these guys. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's a large enterprise, like a fortune 500, it could be a million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. But, but talk yeah, to me in terms of what you currently have, right? Like your, your current cohort that you're working with. It varies. I would say, um, you know, our enterprise accounts, they're, you know, definitely six, seven figures. Okay. And then our, our, our mid market, yeah, they're maybe more comfortably in that, you know, mid 50 K to a hundred K range. Sure. Sure. That makes good sense. All right. Let's wrap up here with the famous five Sethi. Number one, what's the last business book you read? Oh man. The last one I read was probably Crucial Conversations. Crucial Conversations. Number two, who was the last CEO in San Francisco you had dinner with? That would probably be our last CEO. Or business thinker, someone you respect in business. Yeah, I'd probably be uh, Ron Lee, who is the VP of Innovation and Sales Transformation at ADP. Yep. Okay, good. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? Besides what? Besides oh, your own. our own. Oh, I mean, probably Salesforce. Like, we use it every day. Yep. If, if, if Benioff says, hey, Sethi, listen, come back. We want you back. Here's 10 million bucks. Sell us the company. Do you sell? Mm, ah, we'd, ah. really, <laughs> we'd have to really kind of talk strategy. I do, I do think there's a good place with us in Salesforce, but there's still a lot more. Did you just get bored there, by the way? I mean, clearly it was a ship that was rising very quickly when you left. Were you just bored managing the app exchange? No. Well, no. I mean, I spent four years doing the app exchange and then did four years managing the partners and I actually even got relocated to Australia. So it was never a question about boring. It was more about just, I know I want to run my own business and I want to do this now before I don't. How old Um, are you? I'm 37. Yeah, you're going, okay, let me, I got to get this in before, before the big 4-0 hits. Let me take a risk now, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And Sethi, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? 
Right now, not many with the kids having flus. <laughs> Ooh, that's no fun. How many kids? Two. Two. Okay, so what? You're getting four or five hours? Um, I, no, I could probably hit, I think I get six. Okay, that's good. That's good. And obviously, uh, married, I guess. Last question. Yes. Take us back to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish that he knew? I wish I knew back then that I really could achieve whatever I want as long as I put my mind to it. There you guys have it. You guys can do whatever you want as long as you put your mind to it. He helped. He was really the critical guy behind building the App Exchange with his team at Salesforce before he went to Australia, started managing some partners. 2014, decided to go out and wanted to strike out or strike big on his own. Launched his company called One Mob. I don't want to say Snapchat for companies because I think that makes it sound too teenager-ish. They're currently, <laughs> they're cur- Sethi probably appreciates that, but they're currently serving about 10,000 customers paying 20 bucks uh, a month per seat. So around 200 grand-ish per month in uh, in revenue, growing about 100% year over year. So about 100 grand uh, 12 months ago, raised 1.9 million bucks with his team of 10 people, mostly in San Francisco, growing accounts 25% year over year. Again, trying to help folks use video content quickly from their phones to drive sales and across sales team. Sethi, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.